I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Snacks with Stein. This is show number 41. I'm Danielle here in California where it's kind of hot. We had a small earthquake today. It's peak <gasps> California times. So, what happened? Hello. It was just a very tiny one. So, I were very, very happy about that, but I didn't like it. I was sitting on my couch doing my work my work from home day and I'm like huh the couch is moving quite an awful lot and then it kind of was rolly it was like a rolly one and I don't like those so it kind of made me kind of motion sick because I was like I don't like this but that's I'm so it. fascinated Love. is it in my eye like I think it's like the movies where like the ground opens up <laughs> that will happen to us eventually and I'll be dead so eventually we'll get to like that level but right now we're not there yet <laughs> Just know where the rock so, is at all times in case. Yes. Like, I'm going to call the rock. Yes. Be like, hey, buddy, rock. this isn't weird. It's cool. Um, you know, <laughs> rescue me. Just in case. Well, as I was saying, I'm Danielle. Christy is in Colorado. Howdy. Never experienced an earthquake. Lucky nope. her. <laughs> nope. Lucky Which is weird because I'm from Oklahoma and I lived there the majority of my my life but there never was an earthquake and then when I moved from Oklahoma then earthquakes became like a commonplace thing in Oklahoma like they get earthquakes all the time it's theirs is from the fracking though isn't it not that's what my mom says yeah because there's so much fracking that's happening in Oklahoma because what happens is like you get these old farmers that have like acres and acres and acres of land and and most of it's on oil deposits and these big companies come in and they say okay like we're gonna come and frack on your land and like I knew somebody that they were getting upwards of like $30,000 a month wow to allow fracking on their land that's great and that's a I mean that could change somebody's life like who lives in a rural area like that oh yeah like they're struggling through drought and all kinds of stuff and here comes this company going you don't have to do anything and we're gonna pay you Mm -hmm. this money yeah so but yeah that's what my mom thinks it is is it's too much fracking I I think that's what it is because like it's I don't that's what most people claim it is anyway like who knows like really but I think that's what most scientists point to is fracking stuff to going on there us we just have lovely faults good for us over here (laughs) so it was a day it was a day it was a day before i talk about my piano lessons what snacks are you having tonight (laughs) i am i've just opened a truly a berry punch uh which is a delicious hard cider hard and only 100 calories per can (laughs) Um, And I'm having some sugar-free, the Vortman's sugar-free wafer cookies. Oh. Because my good friend and our longtime patron, um, Tinker, is getting married. 
She's getting married in Las Vegas in October. And I get to go with my best friend from college on like a just us trip, which has never happened ever. Wow. So I'm getting three days in Las Vegas with my best friend with like (laughs) no husbands, no kids, no, like we, it's going to be a crazy thing. Is this going to be the hangover for (laughs) Christine? I don't know. But the point of all this like truly and sugar-free stuff is I've also determined that I I would like to go hot. So I'm trying to lose some weight, at least pre, at least pre-COVID era. Well, COVID, I think you're hot no matter what. Ah, uh, thanks. Happy. Thanks. But yeah, I'm going to try to cut out some sugar and some carbs and make some better decisions. Better decisions. That's always good. Sorry, we have I'm not a good podcast at it. about. Yeah, I'm not good at it, but I'm going to try. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> I eat less in the summer because it's too hot. So maybe that'll help you out if it stays warm. Because I can eat less, you know. I think I that part of my problem hot. is that I um, I use food for like mood control. So yeah. if I'm feeling bad, I'll be like, I'm going to enjoy this, treat myself. I'm going to treat yourself mm-hmm. to this thing that I know yeah. I just shouldn't eat, but it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I do a lot of like, I do a lot of that. Yeah. And summer is you not my high get. holiday time. I'm a I'm a right. winter child. I enjoy well, yeah, fall and winter. And I kind of just true. survive during this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm definitely that meme of the pumpkin sitting in the beach and he's like rotting away and he's like, just waiting for fall. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> right. The rotting away pumpkin. Well, we're so close, though. Now that July 4th is over, it's officially Halloween. So if you want to decorate and you're listening right now, do it. Put mm-hmm. out your shit. There are no more holidays after July 4th. We're done. So you can go bananas now. And the stores are getting stuff, but don't go to Hobby Lobby. You know why. Don't go there, but go everywhere else. And then support small shops, too, Instagram. Why are we mad at Hobby and Lobby? Ed- because they're homophobic and misogynist and terrible. Oh, that reason. Okay. <laughs> I was like, there are reasons. I'm just curious about why we're mad right now. Okay. I'm very sorry if people love Hobby Lobby. And if that's the only store you have, fine. But if you have another store, go to a different store. There's so many There's so many stores. Anyhow, if Halloween is officially now. So go wild. Tonight. Mm-hmm. After that ridiculousness, we have Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. (laughs) Did you ever take piano lessons, first of all? I did. I did. I still play. (gasps) Nice. So you're going to be inspired by this book. You're going to be inspired. I don't know. My piano teacher was like the nicest lady in the world. She was one of those like (laughs) – Miss Fire Lady. In the South – we have women of a certain generation who always have a roller set, substitute the word honey for everything. So, it, I mean, oh. it was honey this and honey that. And hey, honey, how was school? Because I would go right after school and she would always have like a snack. Like she would make like um, salting crackers with peanut butter and honey on them. Ew. So, like, I'd come in my piano lesson. Hey, honey, how was school today? You got your little snack up here. Let's get started. I loved her so much. 
God bless her. That's so cute. Oh, well, I'm glad you had a better experience than this child in our book tonight. So I never took piano. I should have because I have very long fingers and I probably would have been good at it. And I regret not doing it because I do. I think it would have been cool. But uh, I was also a shy child and didn't want to do anything. I was like, strangers. To be clear, you could still learn. I could still learn, but I also have like so many other things I want to do. Like I'm practicing Spanish again and I have Mm -hmm. this big exam I'm studying for. So I'm like, I got to do, but maybe later, maybe later in life. You never know. But I was starting to say that my boyfriend's cousin, who is our, who is a genius. That's a whole other story, but he is a beautiful piano player and he plays for us every Christmas when we usually go have dinner there. He does like something for us, like a little show. And it's, it, he's a beautiful piano player and it's, I'm envious of him because I'm like, dang, it's a cool talent to have that I don't have. No, technically it's you haven't a- tried. I bet you would have it. I haven't tried. I can play chopsticks. I go boop, boop. <laughs> you can play the shit out of some chopsticks. Yes, I can. Thank you. I just posted to the Facebook group because I'm lazy and forgot the precious note from my neighbor Ronan that I talked about on my last episode, Attack of the Mutant. So this story, this episode rather, is dedicated to Ronan because he talked about Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, the episode of the show in his note. And I was like, I should read that one next. So I grabbed it. Luckily, I had it. Grabbed it. This one's for Ronan. And if you see that note- Heart the shit out of it because it's so freaking cute and like it's melted adorable. my dead he has heart. very like, nice handwriting. Kid. I'm proud of your you handwriting, did. Ronan. You did a good job. My heart grew two sizes that day like the Grinch. So <laughs> good job to Ronan. So this one's for him. And this one I think is a popular one. It's number 13. So it's a lower number. It's one of oh, the wow, OGs. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was published in 1993 and only cost 325. So it was a cheap one. And yeah, it's Lucky 13. And on the cover, it's very simple, but it's it's a it's a, it's a memorable cover because basically it's just red and purple ombre with a piano that has two disembodied hands playing it. So that's going to catch your eye and be like, "Hey, it's just hands and no body." And the tagline for this is practice till you drop dead. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Literally, bum, so. bum, bum. <laughs> we should have had a piano. Bum, bum. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Jerry who is known as Jerome when he's in trouble, thought at first that he was going to have a lot of fun moving into his new house. While they were distracted coordinating the movers, he played a really mean joke on his parents. In what would eventually become the family room, he found some dust balls, smashed them together, and started shouting, Mice! Help! Mice! Mom and Dad came barreling into the room, and they were beside themselves. Dad grabbed a broom and raced over to start bashing the poor dust mite to smithereens. He didn't notice Jerry doubled over in laughter. 
Mom just rolled her eyes and said how much they appreciated this joke in the midst of a very stressful move. She was always sarcastic, and Jerry figured he got his sense of humor from her. Since Jerry was, quote, allergic to work, he was set with the task of taking care of Bonkers and keeping her out of the mover's way. Bonkers is their cat. But she thinks it's a man-eating tiger, and Jerry is not a fan of hers. One of her favorite things to do is jump from a very high surface and land on Jerry's shoulders with her claws out. He can't count. He cannot count how many shirts have been ruined or how much blood he has lost. Bonkers is a really good cat name. I love it. I like this cat better than this kid currently. Me too. I'm like, I'm a fan of the cat. Too bad she is not the main character of the story. <laughs> In typical 12-year-old boy fashion, Jerry ignored his mom's request to take care of Bonkers and set about exploring the rest of the new house. Their last house was tiny, but this new one was huge and old. It was dusty and everything creaked, but it was big. So big that he discovered dozens of little rooms and closets. One closet was practically as big as his old bedroom. His new room was going to be at the end of the hall on the second floor. There were two other bedrooms and a bathroom up there. And Jerry honestly had no idea what his parents planned to do with all of this space. Jerry was going to suggest a Nintendo room with a big screen TV. It would be really neat. And the idea was starting to cheer him up. Jerry is not the kind of kid who cries, but he felt like crying when they left Cedarville, especially when he had to say goodbye to his best friend, Sean. He was a great guy, and Jerry was really going to miss him. He didn't have any friends in New Goshen, and Mom was nice enough to offer to let Sean stay in the summer, but it didn't really make him feel that much better. I don't know if I'm saying the name of the town right. It's either New Goshen or New Goshen, but it's I bet it's Goshen. Weird. I feel like Goshen. Uh, Goshen is a <laughs> biblical name. Oh, I think well, I feel like go. that is a. I feel like that's from Genesis. Okay, I'm, y'all are gonna rail me over this. I, wow, Bible I feel like trivia. it is. I think that's the um, something to do with the Moses story. Something about Goshen. Oh, I could ask okay. my husband; he could tell you. Well, um, little did I know. So you think it's Goshen? I think it's Goshen. Okay. We're going to go with that. I don't think it comes up again, but in case I'm butchering it, there you go. (laughs) So for some reason, wandering around the new house was brightening his spirits, though. So he decided that next to his room would be a gym. And the movers were currently in his room. So he opened up another nearby door, expecting to find a closet, but saw a steep, narrow staircase. An attic. Jerry had never had an attic before, so his mind was racing with thoughts of what could be hiding up there. Buried treasure, a comic book collection worth millions. He was halfway up the stairs when he heard his dad call out to him, asking where he was going. Jerry just was like, where do you think I'm halfway up the freaking stairs? Like, stupid. But dad wasn't keen on Jerry going up alone, so he snarked back asking if there were ghosts or something up there. Dad followed him into the attic, and they had to watch their heads on the ceiling. It was a very low roof with one light bulb and two dusty windows. And it was empty. 
what a waste. Then Jerry you ever had a house with a for real attic. We did. My first house I ever lived in had a big attic. It was cool, but it was also scary as hell. (laughs) I just always think of Jumanji. Yes. That was like, my attic was not as cool, but it was very similar. It was just like a big, it it spanned the length of the house pretty much. Super low ceiling. It's a whole other floor. Like, what do you do up there? Like, I'd make that into some kind of space. But the ceilings really, I mean, ours, the ceiling was too low really to be comfortable up there. And it was so hot. It was like, yeah, and they described it would this get hot. Too. So my dad would, like, we use it for storage, you know, and stuff like sure. that. I mean, I'd go there sometimes and play around when it was, like, not boiling hot, but it was too hot to really, like, do anything up there. And I then there were, there. and then, like, I would hear scary sounds like rats and squirrels and whatever and be like, I gotta go. Well, okay. <laughs> so, Bye. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but I did have an attic once. I do not have an attic anymore. Well, technically, the room in my mom's house that was converted into my room was te- was an attic. So there is an attic here, but it's converted. So hmm. there you go. <laughs> All right. So the attic was empty, but then Jerry spotted something covered up by a gray blanket. Maybe it was that treasure chest after all. So he pulls back the dusty covering to reveal a shiny black piano. It looked Mm. brand new and sounded great. And his dad was really surprised that someone would leave this behind. It sure was a mystery. Jerry, at that moment, had no idea just how much of a mystery it would become. He couldn't sleep that night and he was convinced he was going to be awake for the rest of his damn life. Even though he was in his good bed from his old house, everything was off. It was facing the wrong wall. There was a light coming from the neighbor's house, which cast creepy shadows on the walls. And he was just like, I can't sleep. I hate it. Like when you're in a new place and you can't sleep, I hate, I hate it. And as he was starting to drift to sleep, he heard it. Music. Classical piano music. At first he thought it was coming from outside, but then he realized it was coming from above him. Who could it be? Not mom or dad. Maybe it was bonkers goofing around. So Jerry threw off the covers and put his bare feet on the floor. The boards creaked under him as he made his way into the hall and toward the attic door. He opened it slowly, and the piano music drifted down. It was very sad music. He called out, Who's there? Jerry leaned further into the darkness and shouted again. He called for his mom and dad, but nobody answered back. Before he knew it, he was walking up the stairs, and once he reached the top of the attic, The music was surrounding him, and the note seemed to be echoing off the walls. He shouted again, who's up here? Jerry was was feeling scared, and something suddenly rushed across his face. It took him a moment to realize that it was just the light chain. He turned on the light, and the music stopped. The yellow light flooded the attic, and there was no one in sight. 
the piano bench was empty, so he approached it. He knew it was dumb, but he even checked under the damn thing just to make sure there was nothing there. Then he thought, this is probably just one of those player pianos that plays by itself. That had to be what was happening here. And his scared reflection stared back at him from the polished black surface, and his legs trembled. Suddenly, he heard one of the steps groan, as if someone had entered the attic. Then another, then another. Someone was coming up the stairs. Who is it? Is it bonkers? Mm. No. It's dad. Okay. You're right. Jerry was frozen in fear. He looked around for a place to hide, but there was nowhere to go. A head poked out around the stairs. It was Dad, who was not happy to find Jerry in the attic in the middle of the night, and he demanded to know what he was doing. Jerry started to tell him about the piano music, but Dad was not interested in another one of his jokes. He was not going to believe Jerry had actually heard anything. Dad made him follow him out of the attic, but he got one last look at the piano. His head was filled with thoughts of the piano breathing like it were alive or chasing after him. They were crazy thoughts. Dad asked Jerry if he would like to play it, which took him by surprise. Jerry wasn't too sure, but maybe it could be cool. Back in his room, he couldn't fall asleep again. The windows rattled and the house shook. Jerry thought more about the offer of piano lessons. They might be cool, only if they let him play rock piano. Maybe he'll get a synthesizer as a band. What's rock piano? I know it's like rockabilly, maybe, or maybe he's got like maybe. guitar dreams. Like, That's what I mean. He said synthesizers. I'm like, what about a guitar? Yeah, he's gonna get a guitar. And he was just about to fall asleep again when the soft, sad piano music began to play. It was Monday morning, and Jerry's first day at his new school. He was pretty excited, so he spent some extra time getting ready and fixing his hair. On his way downstairs, he stopped by the attic and the door was wide open. He was sure he had closed it the night before. A cold chill made the hair on his arm stand up. He had to convince himself that it was just an old house and the latch on the door was probably faulty. Maybe the piano music was coming from a broken window, making the keys make noise. Jerry made his way downstairs to the kitchen. It was dark and rather cold. He wished he knew how to turn up the thermostat, but he had no idea in the house where it was. Then he spotted a large carton next to the fridge, which gave him an idea. He put the carton over his head and waited. He heard footsteps. Was it mom or dad? Whoever it was walked to the sink and filled the kettle, and he couldn't wait any longer. He jumped out of the carton and yelled, surprise! Dad dropped the kettle on his foot and water spilled everywhere. Mom raced in and shouted, Jerome, give us a break. They were not amused, but Jerry couldn't stop laughing. This kid is an ass. He kind like, of is. Like, he's is he an only child? Yes, he is an only child. Okay, and not to diss the only children, but, like, that's part of it. Like, if you had more than one child there, somebody else would be over there ratting this kid out, like, all the time. I didn't do anything. 
No, you were the exception. I'm we all know perfect. that you were the perfect child and nothing ever, ever wrong, ever. Um, no, ever. What I is that? Oh, that. that's Parks and Rec. She, she's like, oh, I just yeah. want you to know that I've, I've, I've never done anything wrong, ever. Wrong. And I love ever. you. <laughs> that was me as a child when I wanted something. Money, okay. please. His first day of school went by quickly, but he was really tired when he got home. He heard the piano playing again last night, and it kept him awake for a little while. Over breakfast the next morning, he asked his mom if, he, if she had heard the piano music, and she was not interested in his wild, stupid stories. Dad came in and told everyone that the movers were coming tomorrow to move the piano down to the family room, and Jerry could start his lessons. This made mom perk up. She was excited that he was going to apply himself. Maybe. The movers had arrived by the time Jerry had gotten home from school, and he was watching them take the piano slowly and carefully down from the attic. The movers had gotten it right side up and were about to lower it to the floor, but they lost their balance and mom started to scream. The cat! The cat! Bonkers was standing right where the piano was about to be put down, but he ran off. She ran off just the nick of time. Much to the dismay of Jerry. <laughs> the movers were gone and Jerry sat down to the piano. The bench was cool and slippery. He was planning a comedy act where he would slip and slide off the piano bench, making his parents howl with laughter. Falling was one of his specialties. Playing with the keys again, he got more excited about learning the piano. Maybe this was going to be fun. But he was wrong. Very, very wrong. It was Saturday, and the sky was threatening to snow. His first piano lesson was today, and his teacher was right on time, two o'clock on the dot. He had puffy white hair, was rather fat, and was wearing a puffy red coat. He almost looked like Santa Claus. Dad had found him in the New Goshen newspaper. The ad read, The Shriek School, a new method in piano teaching. His was the only ad for piano lessons, so Dad called and there he was, making his way into Jerry's living room. Jerry shook his hand and it was rather spongy. Mom and Dad were shocked that Jerry was being so polite. Dr. Shriek asked if Jerry had ever played the piano as he placed a spongy hand on his shoulder, and Jerry guided him through the house to the family room where the piano was waiting for them. Dr. Shriek said it was a very fine machine and couldn't believe that someone had just left it and abandoned it there. He asked Jerry if he had thought at all about who had played it before him, and Jerry thought to mention the weird music, but decided against it. They took a seat on the bench, and Dr. Shriek was so wide, Jerry had barely any room for himself. Okay, we get it. They talk about, talk about how fat this guy is for like a while. I'm like, geez. They Son. talk about like how his shirt doesn't button right and like oh it's like oh my god okay well that's probably that we're trying to understand that he's like floppy and like yeah he's not put together yeah yeah (laughs) but also very wide also he's fat okay did everybody get it cool got it okay dr shriek asked to see jerry's hands 
and thoroughly examined them. He called them marvelous. But Jerry didn't get why. They were just hands. Dr. Shriek rose from the seat and the lesson was over. He was left with the workbook and some practice lessons, but Jerry was too creeped out to really pay attention and was only focusing on the fact that Dr. Shriek seemed hyper-focused on his hands. It was like a five-minute lesson. He came, looked at his hands, gave him some workbooks, and bounced. And his yeah, parents that's were normal. Like, sure. Five minutes? He, did he get paid for that? <laughs> no. I'd be like, dude, you still got like 25 minutes. I'm going to need you to yeah. finish this. Jerry was practicing in his workbook that Dr. Shriek left behind. It all seemed too easy, and Jerry was ready to learn some rock riffs. Mom came up from the basement and was surprised to see that Dr. Shriek had already left. Jerry told her that he said he had excellent hands, which Mom was kind of surprised to hear. The damn piano music was back again that night. He sat straight up in bed and listened. It was the same slow, sad melody from all the nights before. The music was so clear, it was like he could hear each and every note. Who is playing the piano? Mom and Dad have to hear it by now. It's been like nights and nights of this. If someone was playing piano around me in my house, I would leave. I, I gotta go to a hotel. Goodbye. At the same time, like when you talk about it's the same sad slow melody in my mind, I immediately went to the um, sad walking away song from the end of the Incredible Hulk. Oh God! That's what it is. That's what it is. It's the sad is from the Hulk, definitely. Using the wall for balance, he heads downstairs, wishing he had remembered to turn on the hall nightlight. He tiptoed down, trying hard not to scare the piano player away. A street light was casting shadows across the floor and Jerry could see that it had started to snow. Jerry almost tripped on a box left next to the coffee table, but he caught himself before it was too late. The music stopped for just a moment then began again. Where the hell were mom and dad? Their room was just down the hall. They had to be wondering who was playing this sad music. Jerry made his way to the dining room, and as he approached the door to the family room, the music grew louder. Who was in there? Before he got any closer, someone or something let out a horrifying shriek from behind him and shoved him hard to the floor. I hope it's his mom. Kid deserves some pity. His mom. <laughs> like, you're a burglar. <laughs> ah, push you down. <laughs> like that punk. Stop sneaking around the house. <laughs> yeah, mom would never do that. Sorry. Jerry hit the floor with a slam. There was another loud shriek, and he saw his attacker was damn bonkers. She jumped down from one of the cabinets and attacked him. <laughs> she also screamed like a person? Yeah, like I guess like a cat shriek, you know, like a, you know, like how cats kind of scream. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> Cats can scream. They have that kind yeah, of like high pitch. Yeah. Like, there are there are some animal noises that sound like people. Yeah. Mom came in next, shouting, what was going on and what was all this racket? Then dad came in, asking, what the hell is going on? Jerry was fuming. It was that stupid cat. She's a menace. His parents were looking at him to explain what he was doing down here in the dark, skulking around. Jerry was offended. He wasn't skulking. He tried to tell them he heard the piano again. He had come down to see who it was. They looked at him like he was a Martian. Jerry approached the piano and felt the bench. It was warm, just like it had been that first day in the attic. Someone had been sitting there. Mom and dad had enough. They were not in the mood for jokes and are not buying this haunted piano story. Mom gives up and heads back to bed. Dad tries to comfort Jerry and tells him that it's not to be worried about the new house. It was just old, and he was still getting used to being in a new place. In a few weeks, have forgotten all about this ghost business. It was the next day, Friday morning at school, and the halls were full of shouting and hollering students. A disgusting smell hit him in the face, and he thought he was going to hurl. There was a girl on the ground at the locker next to him, holding a shriveled brown apple in her hand. She must have noticed that Jerry was making a disgusted face and began to laugh. She offered him the apple, and he declined. Jerry thought she was kind of pretty, with long black hair and green eyes. She introduced herself as Kim. They shared math and science class together, and she remembered him falling out of his chair. After getting a few more things from her locker, she pulled a violin case out and said she was late for her lesson. He tells her that he was taking piano lessons and maybe they could play music together sometime. Mm-hmm. It turned out she lived right across the street. Ooh. Convenient. <laughs> They're going to make Convenient. music. Music together. <laughs> Night music. The piano. <laughs> he doesn't, like, he hasn't even, like, hit a note. <laughs> like, I know. He's had one five-minute lesson where nothing happened. <laughs> I feel like we might be setting high expectations. (laughs) Right. Jerry tells her that he's taking lessons with Dr. Shriek. And Kim's expression changes to horror. And she takes off running toward the door. (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry was just like, uh, okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. She was just gone. Goodbye, Kim. It was the next lesson, and Dr. Shriek was fawning over Jerry's hands again. And Jerry awkwardly keeps saying, thanks. Thank you. Oh, Jerry, you need an adult. Where are your parents? (laughs) Jerry was hunched over the piano, and Dr. Shriek was instructing him to play the piece slowly and carefully, telling him over and over to remember that the fingers are alive. Jerry is playing a beginner piece by Bach, and Dr. Shriek keeps shouting, The fingers! The fingers! What is with this guy and fingers? Dr. Shriek said it was time to play it again, but this time faster. Jerry fumbled and admitted that he wasn't concentrating very hard. Jerry wondered if mom and dad could hear, but he remembered that they went grocery shopping, so he was alone with Dr. Shriek. (laughs) 
Jerry put his hands in his lap, and Dr. Shriek told him to play again, but faster. Then do it again. Faster, faster, faster. The hands are alive, he shouted. He was playing so fast, he couldn't see or hear what he was doing. Dr. Shriek just kept shouting, faster, faster. And despite Jerry yelling for his hands to stop and pleading with Dr. Shriek, his hands just kept playing. The music was swirling around him, choking him. His hands were beginning to ache, but he wouldn't stop playing. They just kept going faster and faster and faster. Then he woke up. <laughs> I hate that Dream. shit. Why? <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> He was not alone. We are safe. <laughs> I was going to say, you really just bounce and leave your kid there. But uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners are very tired of me sassing all these parents from 20 years in the future. Well, it's kind of weird. <clears throat> well, think about, like, would you leave your dog? No. <laughs> the rando? I would leave my dog with anyone. Yeah. They have to be. They have to be vetted out. Like, do you have a criminal record? Are you <laughs> take a drug test? <laughs> We've done all the Google no. searches. I know everything about you. So he had fallen asleep on his hands, and they were all tingly, and his body was covered in a cold sweat. Then he noticed that the piano music had not stopped. The slow, sad melody again. This time, he was determined to find out what was going on. His whole body had pins and needles, and he was scared to death. But he hurried down the stairs, trying his best to keep the stairs from creaking too much under his weight. Nothing was going to stop him from solving this mystery tonight. He approached the door again, and the family room was pitch black. The music was so loud, but he still couldn't see a thing. The piano was only a few steps in front of him, and he shouted, Who's there? He could hear fingers on the keys and feet sliding across the pedals. And slowly, very slowly, forming a gray cloud, a ghost began to appear. At first, all Jerry could see was a thin gray outline. He was frozen in fear and couldn't move. Then the lines began to fill in and take shape. It was the silhouette of a woman, but he couldn't tell if she was young or old. Her hair was long and wavy and everything about her was gray. Her hair, her skin, her clothes. She was staring down at the piano keys and she continued to play, not seeming to notice that Jerry was there. Her mouth was formed in a sad smile he asked her who she was and why was she playing the piano in his living room? She stopped playing. The house was eerily quiet now without the music and it was frightening. The woman turned her gray eyes to him, staring at him. Staring at her was like staring at someone through a blanket of fog. Jerry asked again who she was and in a raspy voice that sounded like death, she told him, that this was her house. It was her house and her piano. He asked again who she was and she let out a loud sigh. Then she began to change. 
her cheeks began to droop and her skin seemed to melt away like clay. Then her hair followed, falling to the floor in thick clumps. Jerry tried to scream as he saw her skull, her gray skull. All that remained were her eyes hanging in the hollowed out sockets. The skull began to glare at him and yelled, stay away from my piano. Jerry backed up, but just ended up falling and landing on the floor with a bang. He yelled for his parents. The ghost just kept shouting, stay away. Then a sound from the dining room. It was finally mom and dad. Jerry was stammering, it's a ghost, a ghost. Dad switched on the light and Jerry was shouting and pointing at the piano bench. The ghost, did you see her? Mom was limping in pain. She had hurt her knee on something in the dining room. Jerry can't stop panicking. Did you see her? Did you? Dad wrapped his arm around Jerry's shoulders and tried to get him to calm down, but nothing was working. His parents didn't believe him. He saw her. She was gray and her face fell off. Mom and dad exchanged some startled glances, and I think mom was ready to ship him off to a loony bin. Jerry couldn't believe it. They actually wanted him to see a psychiatrist. Dad and mom asked him what he was worried about or if anything was making him nervous, and he said, no, it wasn't school, it wasn't the stupid house, it wasn't the lessons. He was worried about fucking ghosts. There are ghosts in this house. Listen. But mom insisted on making him an appointment with a psychiatrist anyway. Jerry can talk to him about the ghost and get to the bottom of these weird bad dreams he seems to be having. Mom and dad were tired and had to go to bed. She asked if he thought he was going to be able to sleep and he didn't know. They offered to walk him to his room and he was furious. I'm not a little baby. He just wanted to scream and scream and scream until someone, anyone believed him. Walking to his room, he wanted to hit something or kick something, but then his anger turned to fear. The ghost had left the family room, which means she was probably waiting for him in his room. He approached the door very slowly and quietly opened it. He was certain she was waiting for him. And sure enough, there she was, rising up from the end of his bed. Are you sure it's not the cat again? Because that cat's kind of an asshole. <laughs> it's the cat. He's like got belly big. That is and also like... good. Is gray like <laughs> that'd be great if it was the cat. I loved this because we don't usually get a ghost like this early on in a story. Usually, we're like usually it's later, but this time we have a ghost like really early. Yeah, no, I like this. Like it's like um, I'm trying not to um. Like there's a, I draw parallels to things. Like that's how I relate Mm -hmm. um, to the story. And um, my piano was actually a piano that was in a house that we bought. Oh. Um, Now I had to buy it because the the house was a short sale and she was, um, when we walked through it, there was an estate sale and there was this beautiful piano. And I was like, what are you going to ask for this piano? And she's like, I was going to ask 150. I was like, well, you just put my name on it because it's mine now. And yeah. just leave it here, and that's fine. Um, and I still have that one. That's... I moved it here to the mountain house. Oh, wow. 
it's traveled with you. That's cool. Well, you have to pay. That's why the thing with the movers made me cringe because you have to get specialized piano movers. Right. Move I thought pianos. so. And it's not cheap. Um, and it, the whole process is because they have to move it in a way that doesn't damage the piano. And most of the time you have right. to have it tuned after it's moved no matter what because it just gets jiggled around um, too much. But, yeah, them dropping that piano, I went... but yeah i was like this is cool we get a ghost really i i know i know i read this as a kid but things you know leave your brain but yeah i forgot did he say if the ghost was young or old i can't remember he wasn't sure he couldn't tell okay he was just really gray so it was really hard to tell if she was like a young person or an old person but she had long wavy hair I was picturing gotcha. like haunting at Hill House. Like I was picking, I was picturing Nell like the whole time. Yeah, when he was describing her um, with the hair. <laughs> yeah. So okay, he's in his bed, and there she was. He choked and staggered backward. Then he realized he was staring at his bed covers. He was tricked by the pile of clothes. Oh, the pile of clothes. The pile. <laughs> We've all the been pile. there. When yes. you're like, oh my God, we're all going to die. They're like, oh no, it's not at the chair. <laughs> I can We've remember being a kid it. and like swearing that the pile turned and looked at me. I know. I did that too. I'm like, oh my God, the pile. It's moved. It's I alive. did that all the time. Yeah. And then like I would have – like I think I said this before. Maybe not. When I was a kid – well. Even now, I have, I have stuffed animals. But when I was a kid, I had more stuffed animals than bed. Like, it was covered in stuffed animals, like a mountain. And I would put them all on the floor and say goodnight to every single one and put them all on the floor when I went to sleep. And they would all be in their special order. And I swear they would scare the shit out of me in the middle of the night because I have this, like, blob. And I'm like, oh, my God. Or if one fell over, or like the light hit the eyes of some, they have like the shiny eyes. <laughs> like, like they're you all wake up and they're all in like various poses of like yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I wish they all came to life and were my friends, but they did not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you might be my daughter's mother because she's <laughs> obsessed with all her stuffies and like wants more like she got tooth fairy money she has more stuffies than god okay and yeah, she's like can we get a stuffy i'm like you want another one <laughs> yep it never ends like maybe she'll grow out of it but most of my friends who have like stuffy obsessions have not grown out of it because now there's like adult ones you know like they're catered to adults like look at this fancy one you know so like it doesn't end and it, does, it doesn't like I just bought a Build-A-Bear the other friggin' day. Like, it we, we got Build-A-Bear at the Wolf Lodge. Both my kids had to have one. It's like, okay. My mama trade yeah. stocks because these are like 50 yep. bucks. That's yeah. why you're racing your horse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to need this digital horse to come through so that <laughs> we can buy more stuffies. Yeah, I love – yeah, I used to – like, Disneyland is, like, my weakness. I buy one every freaking trip. It's stupid. Oh, I'm they like, get I'm one every 30. trip. That's that's a tradition. We go to Epcot the first night. We have dinner. And then before we leave Epcot, they pick out their stuffy for the – they're going to uh, sleep with for the week every I time. I took home so many stuffed animals from Disney World. Like, my parents were worried I wasn't going to fit on the airplane. I was like, but I <laughs> You're shoving it. them in. Oh, it'll fit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to 
gonna make it. There's a picture of the hotel bed and like I have them all lined up on the hotel bed. One is my big Eeyore, which I still have. The Eeyore I carried on the plane like with me, but the others we smushed, you know. And luckily it was like Beanie Baby times. So I got a lot of Beanie Babies, which were like pliable and you could squish them, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, but, the e- but the Eeyore was the, my carry one. My big Eeyore. Aww. And now I got the new weighted Eeyore from Disneyland, and he's so cute. Cute. They have weighted ones now. Like for children, and I'm like, not for children, adults. I'm sorry, did you mean me? <laughs> Is that what you meant to say? Yeah, like, oh, just you. <laughs> Kids, right. Wink, wink. <laughs> so, stuffed animals, guys. Get into it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So Jerry was tricked by the chair monster, and it was his covers that fell on the floor when he got out of bed after his nightmare. He fixed the covers and thought that maybe mom and dad were right, and he was cracking up and needed that shrink. But no, he knew what he saw. He saw this woman and her face fell off. He knew it. Laying down under the covers, he tried to get the images of the gray skull out of his mind. Just as he thought he did, the fucking music... Started again. Bum, How does this bum, kid bum, ever bum. sleep? Bum, like, does bum, he ever sleep? Bum. Like, I would be exhausted. Bum, 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 bum. I do your piano all night. I don't know. It depends on what they're playing. I could probably go back to sleep. That's true. It could be nice. It could be soothing. It was the following afternoon, and it was time for another lesson with Dr. Shriek. Hold on one sec. Sorry. I want to make sure the dogs are inside. Mom. Are the dogs in? I can't tell if it's the food or skunks, but just make sure they stay in. (laughs) Like, because I can't tell if it's onions or skunk smell. I'm not sure if it's what you're eating or vermin, but be aware. (laughs) It could be weed too. We have a weed smoker, and sometimes we're like, "Is it a skunk? Is it weed?" Every now and again, I'll get a whiff of something, and I'm like, "Is that weed?" Like, there's some things that smell like weed. Like, my, my husband yeah. um, chews sunflower seeds, and sometimes his breath smells mm-hmm. like weed. I'm like, are you, sm- really? like, are you like, sneaking some pot? <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs> but it's not. That's it's like, for some reason. Yeah, I didn't either. And in the first time, I was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I just get so paranoid because the dogs, and I'm like, oh my God, what is it? Don't want to deal with that again. No. Well, I've done it numerous times, and I don't want to do it ever again. So it was the next afternoon and time for his next lesson with Dr. Shriek. Mom and dad were in the garage still unpacking, so Jerry was helping Dr. Shriek into the house and took his coat and got him something to drink and took him to the family room. He had slept until 11, but he still felt tired. All he could think about was the ghost. Dr. Shriek was fawning over the piano and Jerry's hands again. The lesson was going really well, and Dr. Shriek seemed impressed, even though they were just practicing a simple scale. Mom came in from the garage and checked in on their lesson. Dr. Shriek told her that he was doing really well, and he wanted to continue teaching Jerry, but at his music school. Mom was beaming with pride. Jerry was going to start going to the music school on Fridays. He handed his mom a card with the address which on the other side of town, but luckily, mom got off early on Fridays and could drive him over. 
Dr. Shriek was walking out with Jerry's mom, and Jerry was staring at the snow starting to fall. Then he heard it. The piano. Something or someone was pounding the keys. Frickin' stop it, Jerry, Mom yelled. I'm not doing it, Jerry shouted. We still don't know who did it. That's how the scene ends, literally. It's just, we don't know. Has to be the ghost, right? Well, now we know it's the ghost, so. But Mom doesn't know. Right. So this is the first time that Mom heard it. Every other time before that, she had not, or so they seemed. So this was the first time Mom heard anything, but she just thought it was Jerry. Jerry was at his first appointment with a psychiatrist, Dr. Fry. His office wasn't anything like he pictured. He didn't even have one of those psychiatrist couches from the movies. He was a lot younger than Jerry thought and had a face full of freckles. They talked about the new house, then the old house, and his old friends, and then the subject changed to the new school. Jerry didn't really mind talking to him since he didn't seem to think it was weird about the ghosts or the mysterious piano playing. Dr. Fry told Jerry that sometimes the mind just plays tricks on people, especially when we are afraid. And moving to a new house could definitely trigger some stressful, strange thoughts. He assured him he wasn't crazy and was confident they would find out what was really behind this ghost of his. Jerry heads out of the office and into the hallway when he feels something icy and cold grip his neck. Who is it? It's the pretty girl from school. Oh, wow. And would be at Dr. Fry's office, too. Is she also Um, crazy? Right. Well, she does run from problems. (laughs) I think we've established that. That she could very, it seems like a small town. She could very well see a psychiatrist as well. And he seems like the one in town, so. No, her her default is to just run away. (laughs) Sorry. The cold sent his entire body into shock, and he turned around, assuming he would be face-to-face with the ghost. Mom, she apologized for her freezing hands, but she had been calling him, and she had to catch up. Why didn't he hear her? Jerry was completely lost in his thoughts, mostly about the ghost. He really had to stop thinking about her. The next day, Mom and Jerry were driving to Dr. Shriek's music school. They were driving at a snail's pace because of the snow. She was too afraid to go any faster. His school was practically on the other side of town, which mom thought was kind of odd, but Jerry didn't think very much of it. They finally turned onto the street where the school is located and it was practically empty. The only house that stood was old and creepy looking. A gravel driveway led up to the house, which looked more like a prison than a music school. It had rows of tiny windows, which were all barred, and ivy covered the walls, which made the building even darker than it already was. Mom was so happy that they found the place, and she told Jerry to hurry up and she'd be back for him in an hour. Piano music grew louder as Jerry approached the entrance. As he got closer, a feeling of dread overtook him and he turned the brass knob and entered the school. A long, narrow hallway met Jerry as he opened the door. Piano notes echoed through the halls, and it felt like music was bouncing off the walls. He had no idea where Dr. Shriek's office was, so he wandered down the long hall and looked into the windows at each of the brown doors. 
Inside, there was a student and a teacher, smiling and playing their instruments. The doors went on and on for what seemed like forever, and Jerry had lost all sense of direction. Where was Dr. Shriek? Jerry felt like he was going to walk and walk forever until he dropped dead or went deaf from the booming, booming pianos. He told himself to snap out of it and stop scaring yourself. It was then he noticed a small black camera in the corner and thought, was someone watching him somewhere? If they were, why didn't they come find him and help? That made Jerry angry. What kind of a sham school was this? No offices, no lobby, no greeter. Then he heard a thumping sound. At first he thought it was somebody playing an instrument, but it got louder and louder. Then he heard a high-pitched whine, which Jerry couldn't quite place. The thumping grew louder still, when suddenly a ginormous monster turned the corner. Its huge body glowed in the dim light as if it were made of metal. Its huge feet made clunking sounds as it turned to attack him. Glowing red eyes shone menacingly, and Jerry screamed. He backed up into the hallway to find Dr. Shriek, with a pleased grin spread across his face. The creature was stomping closer and closer, its shrill whine hurting his ears. Then suddenly, it came to a stop. Dr. Shriek casually said hello and asked what he was doing all the way back here. Jerry was in shock. Hello, I was just being attacked by a monster. Did you not see that? Hello. Dr. Shriek laughed and said he was admiring their special floor sweeper. It was designed what? by Mr. Toggle, right? They have like a, a robot. They got TikTok out here cleaning the floors. <laughs> it was designed by Mr. Toggle, the janitor. He was a mechanical genius with a great sense of humor, hence the scary face on the floor sweeper. Dr. Shriek gushed some more about Mr. Toggle and then told Jerry they should get going to his lesson. Jerry felt a complete idiot, letting himself get scared by a floor sweeper. They approached Dr. Shriek's office, which was bare, except for a worn piano bench and the piano, which he instructed Jerry to sit at and start to play. They practiced different notes and scales, and at the end of the hour, Dr. Shriek declared that it was excellent, quite excellent. Jerry was rubbing his hands, trying to get rid of a cramp. He asked Dr. Shriek if he was going to be his teacher for the whole time he was here. He was only going to teach him the basics, and once his hands were ready, he would be turned over to one of the other teachers. When my hands were ready, what is this with this guy? Jerry oh, got up to fetish. leave the room. Honey. <laughs> he doesn't know that yet. He's 12. <laughs> oh, I guess that's right. But, well, this is his introduction into yeah, the introduction world into of people who are <laughs> Love fixated him. on one thing. Yeah. Jerry got up to leave the room and asked for directions to the door. Dr. Shriek was busy picking up the worksheets and just told him to keep going left. Out in the hall, he was hit again with all the deafening music coming from the rooms. Why weren't their lessons over yet? He checked for the damn floor sweeper just to be safe and started to head toward the door. Looking through all the windows again, he realized that these students were much more advanced than him. They were playing long pieces of music, not just scales. He kept making left turns and soon realized he was lost again. 
all the doors and hallways looked the same. Then he spotted them, a big set of double doors. That must be the way out. He approached and started to push the door open when someone grabbed his shoulders and with a gruff voice said, no, you don't. The hands pulled him back and he gasped. The double doors swung back and forth and he turned around to see a tall, thin man with a scraggly hair and stubbly beard. He introduced himself as Mr. Toggle, the janitor. Jerry told him that he saw his floor sweeper and he beamed with pride. He told Jerry he had lots of inventions. Some were even better than the sweeper and he offered to show him sometime. Jerry said that Dr. Shriek called him a mechanical genius and Mr. Toggle laughed and said, oh, he was programmed to say that. Mr. Toggle guided him to the exit and the topic of Jerry's hands came up again. Apparently, Dr. Shriek told him he had excellent hands and that is what they look for at this music school. Only the best hands. Only the best. Jerry, only the best. <laughs> Jerry was so awkward and was never so happy to see a door. He raced off to the car and yelled goodnight. After dinner, mom and dad wanted a show. They wanted to know what he was learning, even though he tried to tell them it was just one song and kept making excuses. Mom and dad wouldn't stop bugging him until he did it, so he had to give in. Jerry sat down and prepared to play, but before he could begin, the piano started to make a loud banging sound, like a kid banging on the keys as hard as they could. Mom and dad yelled him to stop playing a joke and play the damn piece, so he tried again, but his notes were drowned out by the banging sounds. His parents yelled for him to stop, and Jerry yelled back, It isn't me! So once again, mom and dad hear it, but they don't care. They're like, dude. Are they not looking at <laughs> him? Apparently not. Most oblivious I mean, it's people on the planet. distinctive when someone's like nailing those keys. Like. <laughs> right. Bang, bang. <laughs> Jerry got sent to his room. His parents were over him. They're like, goodbye. I don't want to see your face. Get out of here. And frankly, Jerry was happy to do so. He knew who was banging the piano. It was the ghost. Friday came around, and as promised, Mr. Toggle was guiding Jerry to his workshop, which was the size of an auditorium. It was filled with machines and metal equipment. Standing at the center was the floor sweeper, and all around were piles of random junk, boxes of tools, an old car with seats removed, animal cages, and hollowed-out pianos. At one wall was a control panel with rows of video screens, all of them showing the rooms of the school and the lessons that were going on. Jerry could not believe what he was thinking. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. I could see why a janitor would need to have cameras in every room. He's also the security guard. <laughs> with child students. Um, yeah. What? Mr. Toggle just laughed and said he found a lot of ways to keep busy. I'll bet. He wanted. <laughs> he had his hands full. Yep. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> a lot of projects. Um, <clears throat> he wanted to show Jerry some of his musical instruments and went to a bank of metal cabinets and opened one, pulling out a strange looking thing that Jerry guessed was some kind of saxophone. Mr. Toggle said it was a special kind of saxophone. 
It was attached to compressed air, allowing the player to focus on just the fingers. Then he placed a small brown leather cap on his head that had wires connected to a small keyboard. He told Jerry to plink and a chord played. He moved his eyes left to right and more chords played. It was completely hands-free. Jerry was amazed. Mr. Toggle at the clock and told him better get going. He was already late, but to tell Dr. Shriek, it was his fault. Jerry hurried to run out of the auditorium, but made sure to thank Dr. Toggle for showing him everything. Mr. Toggle laughed and said, Oh, you didn't see everything, but you will in due time. Not weird at all. It's like, there's so many, like, it all feels like a dream to me. Like the, yeah, the guy with the hand fetish and the, and who has an hour long (laughs) piano lesson? Like adults can't focus for an hour. Um, you know, this like endless hallways and TikTok sweeping the floor and this guy's got cameras in every room. (laughs) I don't know about all this. As he was jogging out, he nearly ran into a row of dark cabinets that were locked with padlocks. Running away, he stopped when he heard, help. The tiniest voice crying out, help me, please. Jerry yelled to Mr. Toggle, what is that? I heard a voice. Mr. Toggle told him impatiently that it was just some damaged equipment and he better get going. He was going to miss his lesson. Jerry had no choice but to run the to run off, but he thought of the voice echoed in his mind. Saturday morning, Jerry was assigned to shoveling the driveway, and it felt nice to get some exercise and enjoy the brisk winter air. It was then he noticed Kim and her mom had drove up, and it looked like Kim had just came home from her violin lesson. He waved and shouted hello, and Kim walked over. They made some small talk, and he asked if she wanted to come inside for some hot chocolate. <laughs> it's innocent. It's just hot chocolate, okay? Mom's I mean, mom is hot good. chocolate is good. <laughs> we endorse hot chocolate on this channel. Approved. Approved. Kim and Jerry were in the den enjoying their hot cocoa. And Kim was tinkering with the piano. Jerry decided to ask her why she ran away from him that day at school. At first, she avoided answering, but he asked again. She was just running late and had to go. That was it. Just got to go. But Jerry wasn't buying it, and he asked again. Kim told him, I don't want to talk about it. It was too scary. Scary? What does she mean, scary? Kim was confused. Hadn't Jerry heard the stories about the Shriek School? Stories? What stories? Kim was not offering up any information. She didn't want to talk about it. Just that things happen there. What kind of things? Well, the basement is full of monsters for one thing. Jerry laughed. She has to be talking about the floor sweepers. Well, I guess that explains that one. And the others probably have... Logical explanations, too. Other ones? Kim said that she had heard stories about kids who went for lessons and never came home. Jerry couldn't take anything that she was saying seriously. He had been inside the school and everything was normal, except for how scary the building looked. He assured Kim the school wasn't haunted, but this piano was. 
Kim shot him a glare, and Jerry told her about the music late at night and about the ghost with the skin falling off. She wasn't buying his story either and told him he was a great storyteller, even better than her. Mom popped her head in and told Kim that her mom had called. It was time to go home. They start to leave the den, and the piano begins to play. Kim and Jerry turn back to stare at it. Bonkers was strutting her stuff across the keys, and Kim laughed. That damn cat had made a fool of Jerry again. <laughs> bonkers is the star oh, of the show. Bonkers. We love bonkers. <laughs> Later that night, the sound of the piano woke him up, and he shot up in bed. He wasn't sure if he should go down there. He knew he didn't want to see that disgusting skull again, but he just couldn't stand there either. It felt like an invisible rope was pulling him downstairs, and he hoped this time mom and dad would hear. He felt like he was just floating through the house, and the music grew louder and louder. It was such ghostly music, Jerry thought. Would the ghost disappear as soon as he showed up? He took one step into the family room. The ghost had her head down. Her long hair was covering her face. She was all gray, just shades of gray against the blackness of the night. Jerry couldn't see her eyes or her face. He felt sad watching her and realized he hadn't taken a breath. Then once he did, the ghost stopped playing and turned to face him. He started to speak in a dry whisper. The stories are true. Jerry choked out. What stories? The stories about the school. The stories are true, she moaned. They're true. Then the ghost raised her arms out toward him and Jerry wanted to gag and he gaped at them in horror. Her arms ended in stumps. She had no It makes it hard to play. It does. So they're like, what the fuck? How is she playing this whole time? She's the next thing. Maybe she has a little cap. (gasps) Yes. The next thing Jerry remembered, he was gasping for breath and his mom was wrapping her arms around him, trying to comfort him. He did. He was so confused. He didn't even know where he was. And mom tells him that he's screaming loud enough for the whole neighborhood to hear. Questions circled his mind. Why does this woman want to haunt him? Why does she have no hands? How can she play the piano without hands? Dad whispers to mom that it must have been another nightmare. And Jerry overheard and began to scream. It wasn't a nightmare. I don't want to play this piano anymore. Get it out of here. I won't go back to that school. Get it out. Mom and dad told him, okay, all right. You don't have to go back to the school, but you have to finish your last lesson. You can't just quit. No, really? no, you can. No. When I was like, when your child says they're dude. uncomfortable in a situation with another adult. Exactly. You, you, let's not push them back. Ever. They're like, you're having a complete mental breakdown. You don't know where you are, but you're going to go back there because I paid money and you're going to. Yeah, this was $30. So <laughs> I'm going to need you to deal with whatever's coming your way. Okay. <laughs> We're getting our money's worth. Jerry did not want to go back, but if it was the last one, he figures he could stick it out and then tell Dr. Shriek to fuck the hell off. 
So Friday came and Jerry was on his way to the music school. It was a gray, blustery day filled with dark snow clouds. Jerry did not want to go in. And he tried to get out of it again. But mom said they already paid for it. Just take one more lesson. He asked her to come inside with him or stay and wait for him. But no, she had three stops to make and would see him in an hour. Worst mom of the year goes to. <laughs> She's got three Jerry stops to make, Danielle. This- I'd like you to get off mom's back. She's, really- <laughs> She's got some things to do. You got to return those videotapes because you know there will be late fees. There will be late fees on the I hope videotapes. They Hope they rewound them. There's a charge. It's 50 cents. 50 cents. You had to do it. not rewound. We're so old. So old. Goddamn. Do you know what rewinding is? No, I'm just kidding. Jerry slowly entered the school. You get bonus points. A little plug in thing where you popped it in and it went. Oh, yeah. We had one of those. Oh, no, my grandparents did. We didn't have one. My grandparents did. I worked at the video store. We had like eight. So like when they came in and rewound, I would like have them all loaded up. (laughs) Did you love doing that? Like you owe me 50 cents. (laughs) No, working at the video store blew a lot of the time because we had um, our, our boss was kind of like the comics bookstore guy. He was in his thirties. He was real, real committed to managing this video oh, store Lord. he was took it very Lord. seriously he knew everything about that, cinema there was to know oh. that sounds like not fun at all actually it was cool when he wasn't there yeah that's true <laughs> so yeah so he enters the school and is looking for mr toggle but didn't spot him maybe he was in his auditorium then a strange thought filled his mind he realized he had never seen another student in the halls. In fact, the halls were always empty, even though the rooms were full of students. But his thoughts were interrupted by the sight of Dr. Shriek. It was time for his lesson. Jerry settled into the practice room, wanting to get this speech about quitting over with. Dr. Shriek, he said meekly, Yes, Jerry, this will be my last lesson. I have to quit. Dr. Shriek's smile vanished, and he said, Oh, no, and reached out to grab Jerry by the wrists. He was gripping so tightly that it hurt. Oh, no, Jerry, you're not leaving. Not with those hands. I need these beautiful hands. Jerry screamed, Let go of me. And Dr. Shriek tried to tighten his grip, but Jerry yanked himself free and bolted out the door. Come back, Jerry. You cannot get away from me. How the hell do I get out of here, Jerry thought. But he put his head down and just kept running. Somehow, the fat Dr. Shriek was keeping up with him. He wasn't even out of breath and was actually gaining on him. He had no idea how and started shouting for Mr. Toggle. Maybe he could help, but no one came. Then he saw the double doors again. Was this the way out? He couldn't remember. Jerry pushed open the doors and Dr. Shriek screamed, No! Don't enter the recital hall! But it was too late. Jerry ran inside and didn't stop running. He was inside of a brightly lit room. 
and the piano music was deafening. There were rows and rows of black pianos, the smiling instructor standing beside it, smiling and nodding in time to the music. Jerry gasped, the music, it was being played by hands. Hands, no bodies attached, just Jerry's eyes darted around the room. The instructors were all bald men in gray suits, nodding and bobbing in time. Dr. Shriek came barreling toward him from the double doors and tried to tackle him to the ground, but somehow Jerry avoided him. Dr. Shriek hit the floor and groaned. Jerry flew past the rows of hands and toward the doors again, but somehow Dr. Shriek was already back on his feet. Jerry slid to a stop and lost his balance. The piano music swirled around him. Dr. Shriek was closing in. An eerie smile spread across his face. Jerry screamed, let me go, let me go, screaming over the roars of the pianos. Dr. Shriek was holding him tight and just kept saying, he can't get away. He can't leave with those beautiful hands. Then suddenly, Mr. Toggle burst to the room and Jerry screamed for help. Mr. Toggle just kept saying, don't worry and he ran over to some kind of metal control panel at the back of the room. With the flip of a switch, Dr. Shriek's grip loosened. His grip loosened and his chin fell to his chest. It was like Mr. Toggle turned him off, like he was some kind of robot. Mr. Toggle ran back to Jerry's side and asked if he was okay. Jerry was far from okay. The banging on the pianos had to stop. Just make it stop. Mr. Toggle ran back to the control panel and flipped another switch. Everything went silent. Robots. They were all robots. This is a very um, Stedford Wives twist. Yes. Jerry was shaking uncontrollably. Mr. Toggle stupidly asked again if Jerry was okay and told Jerry that Dr. Shriek was his best creation. He was his finest achievement. And Mr. Doggle had made all of them. Every single one. He thanked him for stopping Dr. Shriek and began to head out the door because Jerry really had to get the fuck out right now. Not quite yet, Jerry, shouted Mr. Toggle. I still need your hands. He pointed to a gray suited instructor and a piano that had no hands to play it. That one was for Jerry. Jerry just kept backing up one step at a time. Why do you need my hands? Why? Mr. Toggle explains that human hands are just too hard to build. He can build all the parts to make them play beautifully, but he just can't build the hands. The students must supply the hands. But why? Mr. Toggle loved beautiful music, and he could make such beautiful music without any human errors to ruin it. Jerry just kept backing up. He had to get out the door and thought he just kept running. Maybe he could outrun him. Then he saw her. It was the ghost from home. She was blocking his path to the door. Jerry was trapped between her and Mr. Toggle. I warned you, the ghost cried. 
Her eyes were glowing red with anger. Jerry screamed. But she wasn't floating toward Jerry. She was heading toward Mr. Toggle. I warned you. Awake, awake, she cried. All of the hands suddenly shrouded in a gray mist, which turned into ghosts of boys, girls, men, and women, taking back their hands and studying them. Everyone was a ghost. Mr. Toggle shouted, no, don't go. But the ghosts all turned toward him, surrounded him, and began pressing their hands into him, shoving him further and further down onto the floor. There was so much gray mist that Jerry couldn't see Mr. Toggle anymore. The ghost woman turned to him and told him that she tried to warn him to scare him away from the piano so he wouldn't become a victim too. Now go and leave this place and get help. But Jerry was frozen. The swarm of ghosts lifted Mr. Toggle up into the air and he tried to struggle free, but it was no use. They were taking him out of the school into the nearby woods. Jerry knew he would never be seen again. He turned to thank the ghost for saving him, but she was gone and everything was deafening quiet. The piano music had finally stopped and it was over forever. A few weeks later, life had pretty much turned to normal for Jerry. Dad sold the piano right away and it left a big empty space in the living room. Mom and Dad granted Jerry's wish for a big screen TV. Jerry thought about trying out for, for baseball that summer. He didn't consider himself much of a hitter, but thought he might do well in the outfield. After all, everyone always said he had great hands. The ends. <laughs> That's good. I love that one. It's fun. I bet it reads really well good. in the uh, in the series. Very visual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good paced one. I like that it has lots of action. Like you have a ghost and then you have robots. No, I, I love it. I thought it went really well. Like we didn't take too much time talking about this kid and what he cares about because right. we don't really care. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, they didn't really go into too much about him. Like they did, but it wasn't like on and on like some of the books go on and on about yeah like, we were pretty focused in this one that was good yeah mm -hmm. yeah because we had like one side character we got like two two words from her um, yeah <laughs> so okay. it wasn't really a total mystery what was going on but i thought that was cool with like all the hands and then the robot twist i don't know i almost wish i almost wish that was two separate stories Mm. like the, the yeah, legion of robots like I would have liked to have seen that in this <laughs> like a school setting where maybe like it was yeah. the school janitor and all the teachers were robots that would be cool yeah, that could be. but I, I I like the idea of just by itself that maybe this guy was like harvesting hands <laughs> I mean essentially he was it's like the students gave me the hands it was just really gross like I just need your hands bye like <laughs> It's a pretty gross thought. Like someone just comes and harvests your hands. Ew. Right. Ew. Gross. gross. Very inconvenient. That's something I would have a, yeah. because I'm a weirdo with like some like anxiety about getting things done. So like that's something I would have a nightmare about is like 
losing my hands and being upset not because I lost my hands but like because I don't know how I'm going to get all this done now (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd be upset about both (laughs) and like it'd come right on the back of that dream where like you you're failing college all of a sudden for no reason and then you wake up and you're like oh wait I'm almost 40 and the no teeth dream (laughs) yes I have I have the no teeth dream (laughs) yeah that's rough where well, that was great. So thank you, Danielle, for telling us another story. It's getting kind of late, though, so we're probably going to wrap it up a little bit. Before we go, though, we just remind everybody, um, we do have a Patreon. We are real blessed to have um, a very select like handful of people that have chosen to support our show and to make it run and to make it so that we don't have to pay to produce the show. We are at break even because of these people and we've been there um, a long time. So we want to take a moment to thank again, our current patrons. Um, it really does help uh, because it takes yes. a, it takes a lot of time to produce this show. So if we cannot worry about the money part of it, that makes it even, even better. Mm-hmm. So we are now in a place where when we get new patrons, we'll be able to, to branch out and do some like new fun, cool things. We like a contest we like a giveaway. We like stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll we'll be putting as much of that back into the show as we possibly can. So if you're able to and if you want to throw us a couple bucks a month, please go check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash snacks with Stein. There's a whole bunch of tiers. We suck at putting up our res- recipes. We're going to get better. We're going to improve Yeah. Uh, with putting <laughs> recipes up. We're going to get all caught up <laughs> with that. But um, the other tiers we're pretty good at because we don't have to do anything extra, really. And the cool thing about Patreon is you do get the episode as soon as I finish it. Now, given the last couple of times I've finished it at the last second, so I didn't post them on Patreon because it's like, well, I can if you want, but it's going in the feed right now. So, But we are going to try a little harder to make sure we get our Patreon peeps the episode first because that's part of the perk that you pay for when you come to support the show. But the other perk, there's a lot of different levels, a lot of different things. But on the real low level, I believe it's $5 a month, you get to um, mm-hmm. request a book, which we've had a lot of people take which advantage of that. Cool. And it's been really fun to kind of bring you the books that you want to hear. Yeah. So again, if you're excited about that, you think that's something you might want to do, uh, kick, kick us a couple of bucks to keep the show going. Mm-hmm. Again, we're at patreon.com backslash snacks with style. Until next time, we are out. Like your mom in a halter top. (laughs) (laughs) It's so late. Good night. Goodbye. (laughs)